Welcome to the realm of magic and mystery, classic horror and sci-fi. You are now entering the House of the Unusual podcast with your hosts, Eddie and Joe. Welcome all you cool ghouls and friendly fiends to the House of the Unusual podcast. All right. I'm your host, Joe Pavlansky. With me, as always, are my very good friends, Eddie, Chuck, and Sherry. What's up, everyone? Hello. Hello, everybody. How about you? All right. We got a hot one out there today, man. Not only hot, but hot. (laughs) It's like in the the 90s where I'm at, and I'm, I'm glad we're inside today. But um, let's see what's new. You know, we're going to start off with uh, Chuck and Sherry, and uh, we're going to stop by over there and see what's new with them, too. So what's up, guys? All right. Hey, it is hot. Very hot. It's about 95, 96 out here in Pittsburgh, and we were out, outside doing yard work uh, for quite Ooh. a few hours. Yeah, we were uh, we were digging up some old grass and planting some new grass, and Sherry's planting uh, some seeds. We'll see if they grow to flowers or not. And I tell <laughs> you, whew, it, it was rough, huh, Sherry? Yeah. And uh, yeah, you know what? Keeping busy with shows and everything. And I did post on the uh, forum the article when Vanish Magazine came out. Uh, I think it was today or possibly yesterday. And that's a it's a cool publication. So I just snapped a picture of it. But to actually see it, you have to go on the Vanish Magazine if you want to see it real clear. But I just took a picture of the cover, which is August, and I took a picture of the article itself. But it, but it's it really cool. It goes it goes worldwide, you know. So hey, I'm thankful to get that uh, in there. Yeah, that's awesome, honey. Yeah, thanks. Chuck, did you post a link to the actual magazine? Because it's an online magazine, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I didn't. Uh, but uh, but I can do that. So sent you the. Um, I got no. I got the links. But if you can post the link, since you already did the post there, just okay. post the link for the the two articles. The one from the before, the two that you sent me. Okay. Um, cool. Yeah, because it's a pretty big magazine. It's like a hundred and some pages. So. Don't you have to subscribe? Yeah, you, you know what? Yeah. More? with that eddie to see everything you might have to subscribe it's like no, nine bucks a year no so, i don't think i don't think you do for just that magazine because when you send me the link i was able to open the whole thing oh okay the pdf yeah okay yeah. okay then I maybe just, we can post the pdf that would be I'll, good i'll try yeah. okay cool i just posted a link to the site right now so people could get on it and so oh thank you now to see um let's see so let's if you click on chucks to see the full version yeah, it costs uh, nine ninety nine for a year to see uh, the full well, version. The the thing is, just like the the, the if you put, post the PDF that you send me, you won't need to have the link with the full. You know, yeah, we'll try to pay. do that. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll have Sherry. Yeah, Sherry you just the article. I'm not sure people want to subscribe to the page. Did that through his G drive? Yeah, I don't know how she did it. We'll have to, we'll, yeah, we'll have to talk it over because uh, she did it through your G drive. I don't know exactly. Yeah. Well, you know what? I'll try to post it because I downloaded it to my computer, so I'll post it when it's over. Okay, here. okay. So cool. I just got to find where the article is. Okay, and, cool. Um, I appreciate that. And then about two years ago, maybe two and a half years ago, they were kind enough to put me in there for my Inverti collection also. So you got that one. Yeah, That's I'm going to post that as well. I'm going to yeah. post it too. So, so that worked out very well. Yeah. Hey, and we did our homework, Joe. We watched uh, Earth versus the Flying Saucers. Oh, awesome. Did you both watch it? Sherry, yeah. did you do it? Watch it? I did. Awesome. I'm, what did you think? Well, I can really appreciate Ray Harryhausen, his creations. They're pretty cool. That's what I, I like about uh, oh, some man. of these movies. Oh, man. Those, yeah. those flying saucers, the way they spun underneath. That was cool. That, yeah. was, that was brilliant. Oh, my God. Th- that was brilliant. I think that that's my opinion of what a flying saucer should look like. Yeah. But I love the model kit that I have where the, it's crashing into the Capitol. That's the best Ooh. kit probably I have. Yeah, know? that was cool. That was neat. Awesome. Well, glad you guys enjoyed it. So, Eddie, what's new over at House of the Unusual Proper? Well, the, to make a long... <laughs> Joe, I, I'm actually trying to figure out if I even understand what's going on with my storage because I've uh-huh. ran out of space and um, I don't know what to do. And I still, you know, you that's kind of like, think about this. You put in your bedroom 10 cases. And then you, you know, you, you take the 10 cases and you unload them, you open them up and you put whatever contents is all around. So you figure, hey, I just empty the thing. I'm throwing out the 10 cases. And then when you try to close the door after you throw out all the boxes and stuff, 
you still don't have room to close the door. It doesn't make sense. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that sounds like an IQ test. If you have 10 cases, yeah, you throw out the... Uh, yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, it, it does. But it, to me, it's like I'm looking, I'm looking, like I'm thinking which way to go now because I've built 16 bookshelves. Wow. I've unloaded probably, gosh, over 35, 40 boxes that I put into the bookshelves. And I still can't close the storage units. And I'm like, what the heck, you know? <laughs> That's the mystery. But it's going along, though. It, it'll eventually have an end. But, um, uh, you know, that's it. That's You're going to have to start selling, Eddie. I am going <laughs> to. Eddie's gonna deep dives are on the way. <laughs> no, Eddie's deep dives are on the way. I'm going to sell all my stuff to Chuck and Sherry. <laughs> no, I got enough. I got enough. <laughs> that's cute. Or send it to Joe. Yeah, send it yeah. to me. I'll just tell, tell my wife, I don't know how all this got here, but we're keeping it. <laughs> yeah, go with it. Then, then I'll be looking for a new uh, place to live. Yeah. Oh, my you God. The yeah, <laughs> absolutely. yeah, she'll keep the dogs and just boot me out. There you go. <laughs> I tell you what, before we started here, I was just moving around a lot of my collectibles because I, I usually do this podcast in, in my attic. I have a temperature controlled with my books, uh, comics, and everything. Wow. And, um, I don't know if you guys could hear the um, uh, what's called air conditioner in the background. Hopefully not, but because it, it no. gets really hot up here if I don't have it on. But this past weekend, um, we had a nice city fest here in, uh, in in Camel. It was our first one in about eight years or so. So I was fortunate enough to get a table up there to sell my Images of America Camel book. And I also had some really cool historical memorabilia up there mostly i try to keep it sports related so i had some football helmets uh an old book of all kinds of football articles and and cutouts from the the newspaper and everything so i had to take the table that i had from my attic that i keep a bunch of toys and stuff on and, and other collectibles stacked up i had to take that so i just brought it back in today and right before we got on the podcast here about 10 minutes before i was putting the table back up, putting my stuff on. It was like a jigsaw puzzle <laughs> trying to get all these, you know, all these different size boxes back on there to fit, you know, properly and still leave enough yeah. room for extras and everything. And I, uh, I mean, I, I don't want to sell stuff, but you know, there, there's eventually going to come that sad point in our lives where, you know, we yes. got, we got that, but not yet though. Not yet. Not for another <laughs> year, 50 or 80 years or so. Yeah. When you start slipping your gears and you got to, you know yeah. What I mean? <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's always fun looking through collectibles and all that. Cause even when I took the stuff off there, you know, I got stuff piled on and just looking through it all. And it's like, man, I, I didn't realize I had, and it's pretty cool. And looking at the design and everything and how it was yeah. made, it's, it, you know, that, that's always fun to do. So absolutely. But, yeah. It's the movie. I don't know if you guys saw it before or heard of it. Um, who slew Auntie Rue with Shelley? Never Wendy. heard of it. Okay, who slew Auntie Nineteen seventy-two. Yeah, and it's like that, a Hansel Gretel. But tell him who um, you noticed. There was yeah, I noticed right actors. away when the wording started coming up. It was by Samuel Arkoff, which is the same guy who did uh, Doctor Fives and a bunch of other really cool movies. Really? Uh, yeah. That that sounds like uh, what is it? The Goon from the Black Lagoon. <gasps> yeah. yeah, yeah, I saw that movie too, man. He's my man. Yeah. Well, we were kind of disappointed. We did watch the movie, The Annie Rue, and I don't know. I guess there wasn't enough. It was actually, I guess it was, it was geared, geared for kids. It was maybe, geared more for kids because, you know scary. what? Yeah, I was expecting like a crazy, you know, I mean, Samuel Arkoff, who did Dr. Fives, who produced it or whatever, directed it. I mean, I was expecting something really crazy, but it was a laid back, like a modern twist on. Hansel and Gretel, and it was yeah, it was cute, but it was nothing really crazy. You know what I mean? I mean, like I wasn't a kid thrown in the oven or anything. I was expecting, no. you know, what I mean, a kid being made into a pot roast or something. You know, and she was working on it. yeah, she was yeah, she was working on it, I guess, but she never got to do it. Yeah. Uh, That's funny. When you, I was I was just looking up uh, Ark, you know, Arkoff on there, and I said, "What did I like Samuel Arkoff?" Now he did, uh Blackula, I was a teenage werewolf, the thing with two heads, and I'm sure he's mm -hmm. done a, a lot of other stuff, but stuff, yeah. I, I know he had the 
I was looking it up online, so I came across his formula, and I knew this is where I've seen it before because it's really funny. So it's called the Arkoff formula, A-K or A-R-K-O-F-F formula. So, and it's, I'll just read it here right from, from Wikipedia and everyone could go on and look at it too. So it says, during a 1980s television talk show appearance, Arkoff shared with viewers his Arkoff formula for making successful, memorable films. The formula, or more accurately, the checklist, forms an acronym of a sure name and, and identifies the cr- content elements that should be considered and included in a movie especially a low budget production so here it is so for a it's action exciting entertaining drama r for revolution novel or controversial themes and ideas k for killing a modicum of violence o for oratory notable dialogue and speeches f for fantasy acted out fantasies common to the audience and F for fornication, sex Whoa. appeal, young adults. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa, we didn't see any well, no, that that movie lacked <laughs> it, it lacked everything. I think I don't think it. Yeah, had it had none of it. It lacked the Arkoff yeah. formula. Yeah, he must have. He must have forgot the. He must have been sleeping when he made that. Movie. Yeah, I think he forgot the formula. <laughs> he, forgot <it. laughs> he said, "We're going to try something different and not use the Arkoff formula in this." No. No, but yeah, I mean, it was it was kind of cute. I yeah. mean, like if you want a laid back little version there, it took, it took place in the in in the, in the little cottage, like in in the UK, I guess, right? Like, uh, yeah, because she was American. Yeah, she was American, but they were in the UK. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of cute, but not, cute. but I thought it would be much much more crazy, you know. But I mean, I, I mean, check it out. I mean, you know, if you like chilly winters and everything, if you want a strange little story there, check it out. <laughs> Well, hey, I got a good movie. It's it's sort of a movie, but we're going to do a little bit different this week for our movie-type thing of the week, I guess, because we're going into some different stuff here. And uh, I'm going to throw a curveball at you guys, so batter up, because I don't know if you guys are going to hit this, but it's going to be a serial. Everybody remember the film serials? Yes. Sure. No? Sherry, what? <laughs> film serials. All right, if... People out there, you never heard of film serials? I mean, like Kellogg's and no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and this is a perfect opportunity because there is not a lot of people up there, especially, you know, younger uh, generations that are film serials. And they were absolutely, um, I like to call them fantastic, but other people might have uh, some lesser you know, opinions about it. They could be good. They could be bad. They were always very low budget and they were done within sometimes a couple days, a couple weeks. And um, they were kind of, yeah, some of them could be absolutely horrible, but I tell you what, there are some that are downright fantastic and they still hold up to this day. I I still watch a, a ton of serials and it's all about, you know, what you like. There's Western horror crime, uh, there's drama, war, so there's a, a mixture of everything in there. You just got to kind of find what you like, and even if you like the horror stuff, like I do, or the sci-fi, there's still stuff in there that is not good at all. I mean, it's just it's very no. boring, and it, it's it's tough to watch. But yeah. you know what? I I got one for this week. But real quick, serials that came out in the early 1900s. I believe 1912 was the uh, first one. And I believe that was what happened to Mary, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, you guys could look that up on online anyways. And then if I'm wrong, you know, go on the forum site and just shred me to pieces. <laughs> so serials, they, they were cha- they were kind of chapter plays. You know, sometimes there'd be 12, 15, little, sometimes more, sometimes less. And each chapter kind of left off on a cliffhanger. Um, you didn't know what was going to happen. Right, right. You had to wait till next week to see it in these cliffhangers they usually played in theaters you know the the uh five and dime theaters and all that or the or the five ten and fifteens and they would play you would get a serial some cartoons and all that and then you would have your movie so it was kind of like it left it in a cliffhanger to entice kids to come back next week pay their you know five cents or dime to watch it again and then come back the following week and they wanted to draw the audience in so that's kind of, you know, what serials were like. And they were very low budget. Uh, you know, a lot of the people that 
directed or, or produced them or even started them were sometimes looked down upon by other uh, you know actors or other peers of theirs. And it was kind of like you didn't want to be really associated with the serials because it was kind of like on the uh, the low end of the low end. But as we look at them back today, it's an integral part of our uh, film history, and, and it's really worth looking into. So on that note, I have for this week on their Cryptic Classics, I am going to you know push everybody to watch The Crimson, the Crimson Ghost from 1946. Oh, okay. The Crimson Ghost. And if you guys aren't familiar with the Crimson Ghost out there, I know everybody is familiar with the punk rock band, The Misfits. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And they pulled their image of that skeleton face from the 1946 serial Crimson Ghost. Nice. Cool. So because they were they're always big horror fans and all that. So they mm. they must have been fans of the serial and they use that as their logo as their logo. So. If anybody sees it and they're like, man, I know where that's from. It is from the Misfits. But yeah, definitely this week, check out the Crimson Ghost. You could find it on uh, YouTube or online. And, okay. you know, it's it's worth It's You could watch it all the way through. Um, I'm trying to, let me see how many. I'm, I'm getting deja vu here, Joe. Yeah. What's that? I'm getting deja vu with the Crimson Ghost. Remember that article we spoke about one time? No, I don't. <laughs> Well, the, you actually asked people to watch that serial about a year and a half ago in one of our podcasts, and we were talking about the time that Karloff also did the Crimson Ghost, and in the remember the six foot moon monster that you would send out. One of the flyers that would come with the item was, uh, it, they called the newsletter was concerning the Crimson Ghost, which was the movie because there's the two, there's the serial and the movie, mm-hmm. and. Um, and we were talking about what a fantastic film that actually was, the one with uh, Karloff. I mean, it wasn't like super fantastic. It was uh, pretty cool to watch, though. Uh, do you remember that? I don't remember it, so it didn't happen. So we are still going with the Crimson Ghost, the serial. And you know what? If you watched it, if we talked about it a year and a half ago and you watched it, you're going to watch it again this week or else, or the Crimson Ghost is coming uh. after you. <laughs> But you know what? It was it was a twelve chapter uh, play. It's about one hundred and sixty seven minutes, so you could watch it in one sitting, or you could watch it in the the twelve chapters. I recommend watching maybe two chapters a day or three chapters a day and going that way. But it's a Republic Pictures serial, and Republic the best serials hands down. They had the best um, producers, directors. They had the best stunt coordinators. So it is a very good serial, and there are some very spooky elements of it. So if you watched it a year and a half ago, you have to watch it this week. Are they, Again, are it's they a the piece of did, history. <laughs> are they the ones that did Flash Gordon, Joe? Who's that? That company? Um, I believe that was Universal. Oh, Universal, right. And Okay, so it was. Okay, I'm sorry. Just yeah, to I'm going to look it up here real quick just to double check, but I'm almost positive it was Universal. That's uh, a- yeah, Universal Pictures along with King Feature Syndicate. Okay, so it wasn't that company. Okay, no, but I was going to yeah. say, you know, it's a good art, and I hope everybody can watch it and watch all 12 chapters in one sitting. It's better. Yeah. Popcorn, instead of popcorn, we'll get our lucky charms out. <laughs> there you go. So you get cereal with a cereal. There you go. <laughs> I like that. That's but I tell you what, those, some of the cereals are good, and, you know, and Eddie had mentioned the Flash Gordon ones, and there was uh, three of them. And I, I tell you what, they are, they're good. The set pieces are very good. The actors are good, but they're, the storyline, the story is very lacking and it's, it's not one of the worst, but it's not one of the best. It's definitely something worth watching and maybe we'll, we'll talk about it, you know, on a future podcast, you know, maybe it'll be a new uh, serial or movie of the week because they're definitely worth watching, but not one of the best out there. And everyone always hears, you know, all oh, the best cereals, the underwater kingdom and this and that. Yeah. And, you know, I, I watched the underwater kingdom and if I never seen it again, it, it would be fine because I, I barely made it through it. It was, mm. it wasn't wow. that good. Wow. So Joe, Joe, I have a question. This is a question for a man of cereal like you. Um, really quick. I prefer Reese cereal. Yes. Why, why is it that 
Flash Gordon, for some reason, always stands out in people's mind. Was it that it was more popular or what made... Because, I mean, if everywhere you go and you look about cereal, you go online, and they always have the Flash Gordon uh, face. Why is that? You well, have any... The thing at the time, you had you had the Flash Gordon cereals that came out, which started Buster Crab, which he was a... Um, you know, he was a big name at the time. He was an, an Olympic swimmer, film and television actor. You also had Flash Gordon on the radio, and Flash Gordon was absolutely huge uh, in the comic strips. So he was everywhere at that time. You know, and that's you know at the heyday of science fiction, and everybody's like, "Wow, Flash Gordon! This is cool." They got all these you know laser beams and this and that, and these laser guns, and they're going in the space right. and spaceships. You know, it, it just captivated everybody, and it was kind of really. It really flooded everybody because you, you had it on TV, you had it on the radio, or not TV, but you had it in theaters, you had it on the radio, and then you had it in comic strips. I didn't realize that. That, that so makes it was Flash Gordon okay. was just everywhere. Oh, and Gordon. back in the thirties, was that when that yeah. was? Yeah, yeah, came out in in the thirties. Now the first one, the the comic strip appearance was in nineteen thirty seven. So. You know, at that time, you had that coming out in 36. You had the uh, serial come out. And then I'm going to look here. I can't remember exactly what year the uh, radio serials came. 1935. So within that two-year period, you're you're just getting, you know, you're getting killed with everything Flash Gordon. So, right. and then, you know, there was comic books. And, you know, he went well into the, the 50s and 60s with his popularity. And then, you know, with the movie that came out in the 80s, he was he was huge with that. You had Queen doing the, the soundtrack, which was absolutely huge. So people yeah. were, were gravitating to it. You had Defenders of Earth, the cartoon that came out in 86. So there was, you know, Flash Gordon's always been popular. Now I, I heard... Um, and I haven't heard too much of it, but there's supposed to be another Flash Gordon movie coming out more on the serious end, not like the kind of campy 1981. Right. It's a more serious Flash Gordon, which I think would be fantastic to see, especially if they did it kind of like, um, I don't know, almost like a, a Star Wars type, you know, where they took that soap opera serious, but make it Flash Gordon. Yeah, that would be cool. I don't know. What do you guys I think? Yeah, that would be a good idea. He was pretty old when he died, wasn't he? Buster Crab. He was up there. Uh yeah, you know what? And what's you know what's sad about Buster Crab is I'm gonna before I tell you the story, I'm gonna get his age. So yeah, he died in uh, 1983. It's but I believe it was in the 70s. It might have been late 60s, early 70s. Um, kind of when cereals were starting to become big again. You know, people were right. buying them on film and they were trying to mm -hmm. find them here and there. And um, I, I don't know the exact names or years on this, but that doesn't matter because it's really the story that the meat and potatoes of the story that matters is so conventions started to become popular comic book conventions, you know, movie conventions and all that. And I believe it was a comic convention that some guy had, had ran and it was a pretty big one. And he got a hold of Buster Crab, who had been out of the limelight for, you know, years and all that, maybe, you know, a decade or so. And he talked to Buster Crab, and he said, hey, well, I'm having this convention. We'd really like you to come up and, you know, talk about um, Flash Gordon and, you know, Buck Rogers and all that, you know, your serial, you know, work. And Buster Crab was like, yeah, you know, no, nobody really cares about that. Is there really like this? And the guy was like, yeah, you know, come up. And he was so taken back by how many people wanted to talk to him and get his autograph that he was – he was actually crying there because he didn't think uh, that people had any interest in this stuff that he did, you know, back in the thirties and forties. And, you know, it, now it's the sixties and seventies and he hasn't done anything in years, you know, didn't think anything about it. So he was so moved by all this and he started attending um, conventions and all that all the way up until he died in 1983. So I, I, I thought that was really cool that, you know, you have this very, this Olympic swimmer, you know, the, he's a, a two-time American Olympic swimmer. He's a film and television actor, uh, very popular. And then for him in his, you know, golden years to think that nobody wow, wow. You know, cared about him, I, I thought it was really cool that he, he was actually able to live out those last years of his life knowing that there was wow, this huge 
fan base that that still respected his work and enjoyed it too. So yeah, absolutely. I cry all the time. You know what? When I look in the mirror. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, I, don't, uh, I don't like what I see. You know. But go yeah. ahead. You know the uh, the one thing that's how do you call it that's very interesting with the uh, Buster Crab thing is I have um, a poster I I got with my buddy Jim. We both actually bought it. it's a huge French poster, and it's I don't know like sixty three inches by fifty seven. It's really nice. They actually for the time that they printed the poster, they used a really thick uh, paper. It's uh, as thick as the King Kong you own, uh, Joe, the big giant King Kong. Oh, really? Yeah, it's thick like that. It really surprised me. It's a really nice poster. And I didn't pay a lot of money for it, but um, you answered my question as to why you always see Flash Gordon on everything you uh, pick up. Like, you, they talk about serials. The only one you see in the cover is usually him uh, as the main focus. Well, I tell um, you what, if you look at, if you take a lot of the serials, Flash Gordon serials had some of the, the best set pieces and some of the most um, recognizable because they were very, you know, science fiction-y with the, the spaceships mm-hmm. and the, um, you know, the laser guns and just the outfits and everything. And so it was, it's really, you know, I, I'm not a graphic designer or anything, but if I was a graphic designer, and I wanted to do a cover on serials. I mean, there's nowhere else to go, but flash Gordon, because there's so much material you could use there. And it, it's so iconic that, you know, people will know, yeah, this is a, um, you know, this is science fiction. And I tell you, another one, too, is uh, Buck Rogers. If you put Buck Rogers on anything, people instantly, you know, know what it is with the backpack and everything. So it's kind of those two. But it, if you're looking at those two, I think um, I think Flash Gordon is a lot more popular than Buck Rogers. And I could swear that I, I heard not too long ago, too, that they were talking about doing a Buck Rogers movie which I think would be really cool. Well, I think I think Buck Rogers became popular in the 70s when they had the uh, Buck Rogers in the 25th century. Yeah, I and like it, that. That was really cool with Gil, Gil Gerard, I believe. That yeah, was that was phenomenal. And I, I mean, and another thing I was going to tell you is the um, uh, there was also, you know, I guess Buck Rogers also got popularity because in the cartoons when you see Daffy Duck, where he becomes Duck Dodgers in the 20s. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah so there was a lot of influence there. But you know what? Here's one question I want, and Joe will be able to answer this question for me because I know that um, he's the expert here. Joe, watching The Honeymooners, which I'm sure 99% of the population that listens to us watched it and probably know every episode. Love it. Love them. When you have Norton become Captain Video. Now, when did <laughs> Captain Video become, and was it, I know it was a serial of some sort, but what was the popularity of that compared to, you know, Flash Gordon and, and maybe Buck Rogers? Are you talking about Captain Video and his Video Rangers? That is correct. That's where Norton becomes. I'm Captain Video. Yeah. Uh, that was hilarious. Now, see, I don't, I don't think that was, that was too popular because of around that time, you know, that ran from 49 to 55, and at that time you had. Um, you had a lot of good science fiction at the time. You had uh, Tom Corbett, Space Cadet. You had Space Patrol. And there was nothing out there beating Space Patrol. I mean, that was – and I know we've talked about it before, and I even did an article for uh, Scary Monsters on Space Patrol. There's there's nothing beating Space Patrol. It was like the um, Michael Jackson of science fiction shows. It was just popular. Yeah. Every kid, you know, watched it. Every kid wanted it. So I think – with, the, with that popularity of Space Patrol really put a back seat even for years, you know, before and after, because, you know, you had some of these that came out before Space Patrol and some after. And I think if you came out before Space Patrol, Space Patrol came out and you were forgotten. And if you came out after Space Patrol, you weren't as good as Space Patrol. Right. That's kind of so, how I, I look at it. And it's kind of sad because there was a lot of good stuff out there, like, like Captain Video and his Video Rangers, Tom Corbett, Space Cadet, and you had a lot of other ones, but you, you weren't competing with Space Patrol. And, and it's sad because there were so many Space Patrol episodes produced. And right now, I think you could only, I, I believe there was over 220 of them. And I think right now, there's only 
a few over 30 that are available. What? Really? Yeah, which really sucks. (laughs) You know that you know that that blows me away too. That it's just like the same thing with the hilarious house of Frightenstein. The thing went on for like 21 seasons in Canada and in the United States. If you looked it up and you're trying to buy any of the episodes, because they are funny, you know, you only get about eight or ten episodes. It's really weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm gonna look it up right now because I believe there was um, I had looked it up not too long ago because I was doing a uh, a little dig on Space Patrol to find to try to find some of the episodes, and you could find DVDs on like Amazon. They'll have you know three episodes on each DVD. But um, okay, so here we go. So there was five and a half seasons. They had 210 30 minute episodes. Get ready for this. 915 Whoa. minute TV episodes. Oh my goodness. And 129 Whoa. radio episodes. And I mean that's a lot. You're looking over, you're looking at what? Um just on TV episodes alone, a total of nine seasons. 1,110. 1, wow. And incredible. from my understanding, there's only about 30 or so um available that I I'm able to find. If anybody out there knows. Where there's more space patrol, go to houseoftheunusual.com and under and send the it form, to us. Yeah, put on space patrol with the link or how we could find it because I, I cannot find um I cannot find anything. And a lot of the there was so much at the time because space patrol ran from um where we had I think nineteen fifty to fifty-five. There was so much stuff that came out for for space patrol in the way of like memorabilia uh, contests and everything that you would think it would be easy to find and a lot of it is not that easy to find for as much that came out i I kind of think which i I hate because this always happens especially with all this older stuff is you know parents throw it away when their kids were done with it because you know at the time there was really not collecting wasn't so i think a lot of it got uh, thrown away or lost or you know somebody has it in their attic but they you know don't know or, or don't even know about it yeah. yeah well That's joe true. first of all remember in the 50 you didn't have any way of recording that but one thing i want to tell you though is space patrol by what you just said right now this is my feeling I, let me hear your take on this or even chucks but if it came out see i when you're talking about a thousand episodes, right? A thousand plus, you're talking how many they come out per season. And secondly, if they crunch 1000 episodes into a five, six year period, wow. they might've burnt out the people with it. And maybe that's why there's nothing left because people just didn't care. It became like the star Wars episode four thing, whatever, where you can buy the card things for like 99 cents in any store. Do you think that might've happened? I, I think it was I don't think it was a burnout because you gotta remember TV and all that's in its infancy and science fiction was at its its zenith at that time. So I don't think it was a burnout because remember you had um um oh uh what's it called the uh the vampire soap opera. Oh it's on the tip of my tongue. Uh, Dark Shadows. Yeah, so Dark Shadows had over I would it have 2,225 episodes, I believe. And it, wow. it, you know, it still a huge following. No one ever got burnt out. I think the issue was, is that being that it was the early fifties and most of these were, uh, if not all of them were performed live. I don't think that they were record. I don't think they were recorded. No, that's and true. Since they weren't recorded. I don't think that there's anything, you know, to back them up. And the ones that weren't recorded live, I think those are some of the ones that that still exist. Um, yeah, yeah I, there there has to be. I got I got to do a really deep dive into Space mm-hmm. Patrol and find out. But but that's from from my understanding. Like I said, if anybody out there is a Space Patrol expert or knows more, get a hold of us on our House of the Unusual forum. Just put under. You know, start a new category, Space Patrol, and let us know what you think well, or what you found in your research because it's it's fascinating about this period of time and how popular this Space Patrol was. And it's almost like, you know, now in 2022, it's like it almost didn't exist because you mm-hmm. can't find much info about it. We know it exists because there is small, you know, tidbits online, but 
there's not much for how popular it was. I mean, no. it's like saying in in 50 years you could only you can't find but one Michael Jackson song and <laughs> one article of him online yeah. when you knew how huge he was, you know, to to music and the pop culture. So that's kind of like the yeah. same with uh, yeah. Joe. You got to answer this question, Joe. Eddie, I'll try to answer it. What do you got? You got no. I'm serious. You're blowing my mind away here. You mean to say that a lot of the live shows of the '50s were not recorded? I thought everything was recorded for television. It all, you know, it all depends, and I'd really have to look into it. But it all depends on, you know, did they have the space to record it? Did they have the money to to record it and to keep it somewhere? You know, that was. You know that was always an issue for some of these studios. They might not have had the the money or the space well, to to record it. Well, so, I know from a popular mechanics book that I have from the nineteen fifties, it introduced video recorders back then. But the way the video recorders were, if anybody remembers those television that had a, a, a record player in the top, that they were like a big white cabinet when we were young. Those televisions, it was just like that, but it had like a reel-to-reel cassette on the top, and it would actually record the TV show. Those were the introduction to the VCR. That's what wow. So it, it was available, some type of recording. But, Joe, uh, when you just said that right now, you're going to drive me nuts this week trying to figure that out, because, and I need you to let me know how that works, because I thought everything was recorded. So what you're basically saying is a lot of the shows – that occur like the honeymooners and, and all that stuff was live that they actually didn't record that. It's it's, I never heard that. I'm just kind of curious. I, I'm, I would say if it was a bigger, bigger studio and all that, and they may be, I, I don't know. I don't know why some people would, or some people wouldn't uh, record it. You know, we see a lot throughout history with um, even like radio stuff that, they weren't recorded and for how big they were at the time. And it's like, well, why wouldn't they record it? You know? And right. I mean, you don't know what was going on at that studio at that particular time. Now I'm looking at, um, so I'm looking at space patrol here and I'm, uh, I'm trying to see who, who actually ran it. So it was ran through ABC, which is a, a huge company, but did um, now I'm looking at this article for, for it. And, uh, where are we at? Okay, so oh, that's the sound of the space. <laughs> so it says it says here, and um, I'd have to look into this more too. It says a practical videotape system was not available until after Space Patrol's run. So for distribution to distant stations, the image on a small bright TV monitor was filmed using a motion picture camera with a specially modified and synchronized shutter mechanism, creating recordings on 16 millimeter or 35 millimeter films. So I don't know if that means that some of them were, some of them weren't. I, you know, I, I don't know. Hmm. It'd be interesting to find that out. You mentioned about the about the gadgets, which which kind of caught my ear. You know, with Flash Gordon, you know, and stuff like that. Yeah. That's the very that's the very reason why I watched the uh, the uh, James Bond, uh, you know, uh, stories all all the years. I mean, starting with what Sean Connery, all the way up, all the way up to the to the current guys. Because you know what, I just love the gadgets on. Oh, there, for the know? gadgets. <laughs> oh, that was that was neat. I mean, Q Q would always demonstrate, you know, like you know, like the latest thing, you know, to, to James Bond. And it was some really cool stuff. I mean, that really, that really captured, captured my, you know, I mean, like my full attention on there. And you, and you know, what's crazy. And I'm sure you guys have seen this, especially Eddie, how much of those, those original guns from the thirties and forties and even the fifties go for online, you know, they're all metal. Most oh, you know, the right. early ones, I mean, they go for crazy amounts, especially Great. if they have, uh, Flash Gordon, Buck Rogers, or Space Patrol on them, or even Tom Corbett—they go for astronomical prices. Astronomical, yeah. yeah it's amazing. Remember that? Remember that water gun I had? That I—I I don't know what the heck I did with it or something. I don't know if I sold it for like six hundred. The thing was going for two thousand dollars. Remember, it's like a water gun. It's called the atomic water pistol, something like that. It's crazy. I had it. I, I pictured it and sent it to you guys when I bought it uh, years ago. It's crazy. It's crazy. That water gun is is two thousand something dollars online on eBay. And oh wow! I didn't have mine in a box. Uh, like I'm I'm with it. I'm holding it. I'm I'm trying to think what the heck I did with it. I forgot right now if I sold yeah. it or what. But um, and if 
if you think about it, kids back in those days, you know, I mean, they didn't really have a lot of money, you know, you know I mean, families and stuff, especially back in the 30s. My dad was born in 1921, and I'll tell you what, they were an average American family, and they didn't have a lot of money. I mean, I mean, he would show me how to make toys out of if you can believe that. When I was a kid, he used to put holes in a bar of soap and put rubber bands through a stick, bind them up, and make toys out of soap. I said, oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I said, "Oh man, we got to do better than this, Pop." <laughs> we need well, some real toys. What is this? It's it's melting in the water. Yeah, but maybe that's Chuck, why you're I an need, inventor today, Chuck. You're yeah, I need a I need a fright factory or something. You know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, it. You know what? Also, the reason of the rarity is because the fact that there was not too much money around. Probably when they made them, they didn't sell that many, and that's why they're. But it's true what Joe said. The uh, the prices on anything, especially. The Tom Corbett this or that. In fact, I remember there was a bazooka that I had in the 1970s. I think it was Agent Zero. Now, I don't know what the, if that was a TV show or what it was, but they made a lot of things called Agent Zero. And the bazooka was like a really good size. It was probably uh, three inches in diameter, the, uh, the cannon thing in the front. And you used to have to pump it. And you would pump it 10 times. And the thing was like, boom. It was phenomenal. I, I don't know what it shot. It was all plastic, That's like cool. a hard plastic. But I can tell you the one I had, the handle was broken off. So you would need a screwdriver to pump it. Oh. And um oh, sure. you know what? Sherry looks this stuff up while we're talking and she found one online here. Yeah, that that's pretty cool. She's yeah, the boot. She's a good investigator. <laughs> what What is it going for? Probably a thousand some dollars. Um, you know what? It says nineteen sixty Mattel Agent Zero M Sonic Blaster Bazooka Gun for one hundred and fifty eight ninety nine. Where do you see that? That's a good price. It is on. Yeah. What's don't say it? Don't say it. Send me the link. I, <laughs> I, I want to get that. So don't say the link. All right, send, send them the link. Oh, gotcha. Okay, gotcha, he'll Eddie. send. She'll send the oh, link. Gotcha. Yeah, that's a pretty good price on there, Eddie. Oh my god! If it is, no, I'm, I'm gonna jump on that like right now, man. Hey, I, I, t- I tell you what, we're talking about all this science fiction stuff and movies and ray guns and toys. I'm gonna give you guys a title of this book and do yourself a favor out there, because I, you know, I'm a huge book guy and I all, I'm always looking for good books. And I, I got this one a few years ago from a buddy, and I, I it have was, a joke. <laughs> Yeah, you probably got nine of them. No, I got one. I know. But it's called Blast Off Rockets, Robots, Ray Guns, and Rarities from the Golden Age of Space Toys. Ooh, that would be cool. Look at it. And you could you could actually find it. It's on Amazon. You gotta kind of almost put in that blast off rockets, robots, ray guns, and rarities. And it'll come up. They have it hardcover for 1934. But it, color photos, and it is just tons of these toys like you wouldn't imagine uh, robots, ray guns, uh, play sets, and you'll spend hours. I'm, t- I'm telling you, you will spend hours awesome. looking at this. Yeah. You won't eat for days. You you <laughs> put on a diaper because you won't make it to the bathroom. <laughs> because you won't want to move from looking at this book. It is very cool, man. And if people, I think we talked about this book before in a podcast a long time ago. But you know, I, I'm going to highly recommend this book again. Sherry, Sherry wants to know what's it called again. She's trying to look this up. Go ahead. It's called uh, Blast Off: Rockets, Robots, Ray Guns, and Rarities from the Golden Age of Space Toys. Okay. So you, you know, got to kind of in Amazon, you got to put it in as Blast Off: Rockets, Robots, Ray Guns, and Rarities, and then yeah. <clears throat> and, and you should title you should title this episode the episode that Eddie owns got his Agent Zero blaster. <laughs> because apparently what the the link that sherry just sent me is for an old one that probably sold years ago oh, is that what that is? yeah and it, it just made me very happy and sad at the same time because- <laughs> oh i'm sorry to do that to you eddie and, and that's why it's yeah, it, mine's i lost it in the fire in 1995 and i always wanted to get that back and oh, that's wow. why it, the one that eddie almost got Got away. Uh, Almost had it. Well, we're gonna have to Very go back fun. to making. To- we're gonna have to go back to making toys out of soap. That's all. Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> I used to use Coke bottles in Cuba. Remember, my, my dad used to tie two old Coke bottles. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. You know what? Would, yeah. yeah. Sherry, did you end up finding it? 
No, I'm not. I'm not able to find it. Are you on Amazon? Oh, I am. Um, type in maybe S. Mark Young. Okay. That's that book, the, that's that the book. author. He might he may oh, come okay. up. Joe, and that it, book that book has a picture of a gun in there, which is like a Sonic Mars gun or something like that. It looks like one of the Buck Rogers gun. I I have that one in the box. It's like a flashlight, actually. Maybe that's yours in the the book. No, it's not. They the stole book. it, took a picture of it, and gave it back to you. I wish, Joe. You 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 made me happy for a second, Joe. This is the day I'll never forget. I almost got a bazooka gun. I've been looking for for years. Did you get it, Cherry? No. What? S- Joe, I, you know what? I'm gonna send a. Uh, I'm gonna email. I'm gonna email you guys a link to it. Okay. About that. Uh, this could be the episode that we're gonna call this episode of all the podcasts we've ever done. The episode of dreams. Yeah, yeah really. or pipe dreams. Yeah, or the lost, <laughs> or the lost episodes. Yes, yeah, send Chuck the link. <laughs> yeah, and and you'll find out it's not available either. Yeah. All right, I, I just sent it over now, so you guys should be getting it in blast off. It just went yeah, blast off. <laughs> okay, cool. Thank you. Yeah, what I yeah, it is. I tell you what, it, it's fantastic. You could spend hours looking at it, and oh man, I, I'm gonna tell you what. I I was looking through, and I'm like, I want this, I want this, and then I'm looking up the prices on eBay, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. that's not gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> I love the old fashioned tin toys. I mean, oh, I, yeah, here it is. Oh, she got it. Okay. Last oh. off, $19.34. $19.34. Wow, nice. Yep. Yeah, that, that I'm telling cool. you guys, man, it's you you have to get it. You won't be disappointed. I I, I will bet uh, I will bet Eddie's life on it. How about yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> the only thing that the only one that got disappointed is me today, man. Yeah. I got All right, she just right she just well, so I'll be getting it soon. She just bought it for me. Thank you, sir. Sure. Wow. Oh, cool. you guys! I can't wait till you guys get it because I want to. Yeah. yeah, I want to. We'll have to discuss it through email or something when you guys get it. Or um, if you don't like it, like I said, you know, it's on Eddie. So. Yeah. <laughs> can I say something to you? Can, yeah. Can I say something here? Why is it I couldn't get anything? Why is it that I got tricked in here, man? Eddie. <laughs> I love the old battery operated toys, though. I got a, I got an average size collection. I went through a little stage about 15 years ago. I got a bunch of battery toys, the old ones, the Marks ones, and you know, from the from the from the 50s, early 60s. Those neat. Uh, yeah, those yeah, are pretty cool. Nice. And you know what? If you go on eBay and stuff like that, you can find them where it says pristine condition, just not working. Nine out of ten times, it's it's like a frozen gear. If if you spray, if you take it apart gently, there's little tabs. Take it apart, spray some WD-40 in itself, and if you push it with a flathead screwdriver, when you turn the switch on, it'll work. Or it has a loose. Wire. I mean, that's basically all it is. You know what, Chuck? I I've hard to find these toys. You know, especially when you go to shows or any type of conventions, you rarely yeah. see dealers that have these. And just with my experience, the few times that I have. They're in horrible condition, and they want like they near mint want. condition prices or more. Yeah. yeah, they still want. See, that's a whole different category. I got the I got the character ones, almost like the Charlie Weaver, where he where he shakes the drink and he pours yeah. it and he drinks it, and his face oh, turns cool. red. Yeah, you, you know what? Like stuff like that that always appealed to me. You know. See, like, I think when even when you get to the, the like the sci fi toys, especially the, especially the robots that came from you know Japan and all that. But yeah. if you get anything that's sci-fi from these toys from you know the fifty you know fifties forties thirties, they're very. You're looking at a premium price for them, no matter what. I mean, even if bad condition, that you're gonna pay a premium price. But if it has a name on it that was very popular, you know, Buck Rogers, uh, Flash Gordon, Tom Corbett, you're gonna pay oh, an yeah. even more premium price for it oh, because. Yeah just for that name on it too it, it's it's sick how much they go for but yeah yeah that's a whole different you know because like i said the things i have are like characters and uh they're they're pretty cool though yeah but, but you have to watch there's a few guys throughout the years on ebay i mean it said like the charlie weaver bartender you know missing an arm something like that i mean who the heck wants with a missing arm you know yeah you, but what yeah. bartender is going to serve you without an arm I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah you know well, you know or like you a, know, you're, you know, guys, I, I got to tell you, man, everybody's so excited now. And Chuck got his Space Ranger book and, and <laughs> Joe has his things over there. And 
It's it's a sad part. I mean, last week or the week before, I came across. So yes, Joe, take a drink, my Uh-oh. my robot plants, and I thought take a drink. Twenty five years from April twenty second, nineteen ninety six, which was the last contact I had with the son of the owner, who apparently whatever. I decided to write a letter, and I spent my little time putting it together and sending him a letter. I mailed it away last Monday. I went to the post office, and to the sad reality, nothing has come back. That means probably the guy might have died, or he's not even there no more. But I was hoping for at least to get a miss delivered or sent back to sender. That didn't happen either. Uh, And now... Sherry gets me really excited about a bazooka that I've always wanted. Didn't and, work out. Sherry, come on. So it's it's Eddie's <laughs> pipe dreams. How they were shattered episode. That's what we're gonna name this episode, Eddie's Pipe Dreams. Oh my gosh. Eddie's yeah, pipe we, dreams. I was really hoping for that letter. I honestly, you know, when you randomly throw something in the post office and you wonder what would happen. I was hoping to come back at least, like you know, non non forwardable or, you know, to get some closure. But there's nothing worse than the letter gets to its destination, and then you don't hear from anybody. And that is, it's got me checking my phone because I put a phone number there, my Google phone number, hoping the guy would respond. And sorry, Joe. Yeah, we're gonna call this Eddie's Pipe Dreams, aka Blast Off. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yep. (laughs) You know what, Eddie? I feel so bad. I'm gonna send you a a virtual high five. So here it goes. Oh, there you go. (laughs) Did you send her something? something, I sent you another one, Eddie. It's probably a a dud, but take a look at it. Oh, sure. He sent you another one. It might be a dud, but (laughs) she's just teasing you, Eddie. Now she's just playing with your emotions, man. I I, I found it when she said that it kind of got me because I know it's a fact that um that this thing, how do you call it? Uh, I've been after it. Uh, what you got, Sherry, right now is the Worth Point photograph, and Worth Point is just a stupid company that tells you who sold it and for what price. That's right. uh, That's right. Whatever, and then they ask you. It's the same exact one that you sent me before. The same link, but I'm going to tell you something. This gun, the last one sold for almost eleven hundred dollars. And this was several years ago. So right now, when you send me the picture for one fifty-eight, my my head dropped off my head, and the rest of my head fell out. Thinking, wow, that's, that's <laughs> I was like, what? Eddie, I tell you, Eddie, I tell you what, man, you better watch with Sherry. You might get an email that says, "Open, I found the robot monster plans," and when you open it, it says, "Ha, you got a virus now on your computer." <laughs> <laughs> that'll be that'll be a good one. <laughs> yeah, even, yeah, even like, all excited. Even, I finally got the robot monster plan that says virus. Goodbye. Yeah. Yeah. Friend, that would be a good one. Even my best friend Jim tells me that he had a dream a couple of weeks ago that he goes to a flea market, the PAL building where we attend sometimes. And there he goes. He goes, I saw on the table the robot plans. And I nonchalantly went over and asked him how much of the plans, different plans. And he goes, I took the robot plants and I go, Jim, how come you haven't given them to me? What type of friend are you? <laughs> so I, I can tell you, my friend, that it's it is definitely Eddie's pipe dreams <laughs> and they blast off whatever AKJ blast off. <laughs> but that that is really strange. You think somebody out there would have those things? I mean, well, it's it's Point just like the blaster. It's yeah, like the blaster. Nobody has it, and when they do have it, they want freaking crazy prizes. Yeah, yeah. it is crazy. Yeah, wow. Yeah, but I mean, explain this to me, Joe, and explain this. We have like the Robo plant. They run for 10, 11 years in comic books. Yeah. No, no one's going to run an ad on a monthly basis. Back in, even in those days, it was like two, $300 a month to run an ad. They're going to run an ad after month, after month, after month. And you're going to tell me that the millions of people that live in this country and that probably order that, that nobody has one available. That's insane to even consider that. Yeah. And and that's where I'm standing. I mean, 40 years looking, and I don't even know what else to do. Yeah. And even the last hope I had was Dash about a month ago with that bubble head over in um in whatever, uh, Ohio, wherever he lived. Not you, Joe. <laughs> some guy that sells, uh, some guy that sells, what the heck is his name? I, I forgot now. And Cav was trying, and he said he had it, and then he said he went to, 
to get it. And he sold oh, it. yeah. No, yeah. no, Colorado. Colorado Springs. He said he sold it in Colorado Springs. And I'm like, I tell this guy I'm going to give him a lot of money for this thing. My friend tells him he knows both. And then he comes up with some hogwash that he found it and sold it in a flea market, which made yeah. me quite frankly believe he pulled my leg. He might have had it, but I don't think he ever came across it again. And I told Cap, I'll bet you if he comes across it, he's going to send me a letter and go, oh, I happened to come across a second one, yeah. which I would say, you're bold, because you're not, that's very hard to come by a second one like that. And yeah. But anyway, I'm a sad man, Joe. Oh. Well, this, yeah, might, this, I, might, this might pop up in an unexpected place. We'll I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll keep looking at flea markets. You may be walking through yeah. a flea market someday, and somebody's going to have a box of stuff there, and it's going to be sitting there, you know, from someone's yeah. basement or attic. That's always been my pipe dream, or my hope is to get a response yeah. from the son. Yeah. <clears throat> Tell me he found it, I, or telling me, "Hey, guess what, Eddie?" I tell you oh, what, no. Eddie. I, I know how that feels to be this point. A few few years ago, at a a local uh, comic show that was here, I so I was set up. I had a little stand there selling some books and all that, and um, I was doing pretty good. So I had a nice little, you know, sum of, of money in my pocket, and. I think it was the second day, second or the last day, I can't remember which, um, my buddy comes over to me and he's like, hey, he goes, did you see that uh, that amazing stories, 1928? And I said, no, what are you talking about? And he goes, the first Buck Rogers. I'm like, somebody has that here. And he goes, yeah, they have it for like $900, but they said they'll let it go for $600 if somebody wants it. I'm like, when did you see that? And this is like towards the, you know, later in the day, he goes, Oh, about like four or five hours ago. I'm like, why didn't you say something to me before that? So we go over to to the guy that was selling it, and here he had sold it like an hour before I got oh my there. Goodness. And I, I was looking for that amazing stories August 1928 issue forever. Still am, but it it goes for a lot more now. At that time, the guy said it was like around like fine condition, which that that's great for a pulp. I'll take it for six hundred dollars. That's a steal. Wow. Yeah. Now you can't in maybe very good condition. You're looking at over a thousand dollars. You know, twelve hundred. So I, yeah, I was I was disappointed. I wanted to ring my my buddy's neck. So you know, Mark, if you're out there listening, I'm coming over and I'm ringing your neck because I'm never forgetting about that. I could have had that first Buck Rogers, man. Wow. You know what? I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna you. Know, different uh, categories you guys i see a trick that i really want and i can't get it for whatever reason i'll examine it online and pictures of it and i'll build it you know what i mean like if it's a boxer or whatever look at the antonio diavolo there's only a few guys in the world that built that thing and well I- chuck you need to use your use your magic and get me an amazing stories <laughs> 1928 yeah yeah, yeah edition yeah. and eddie the robot monster plan so let's go get on it man <laughs> yeah go yeah, you need to you need to build a magical time machine, go back in time, <laughs> pick these up for, for cheap, and then come back and then give it to us. Hey Joe, I, I don't want to make your dreams. I mean, it'll definitely be not it'll be Eddie's pipe dreams and they blasted off and Joe's that became real. Um that amazing stories you're talking about, Joe. I've seen it. I don't know if my brother has it or myself, but I, I think that's in my possession. I've seen that book. Oh, so probably do it. Say it's a it's a cool cover. It's it's uh, red. I'm looking at it right now. It's red and um, yellow, and has Buck Rogers in a red outfit with his you know jetpack on and the, the <clears throat> lanyard forth, and he's kind of flying across. It looks like this airfield with people waving at him, and it's it's a very cool. Um, you got to think of 1928. It's a very impactful cover just to, to think at that time, somebody flying like that's crazy, but Hey guys, we are less than two minutes away here. So we're going to have to wrap it up here. I want to thank everybody for joining us on uh, once again on house of the unusual. Thank you for listening on whatever podcast platform you're on. Don't forget to subscribe to us. Uh, give us a great review. If you so choose to, a huge thank you for Eddie, Chuck, and Sherry for joining us here and for some great conversation, man. There's a lot of things to think about of what we talk to. And, um, you know, every time we, we talk, it seems to jog the imagination of uh, some different things, different stories, different items that we want. So 
um yeah this is definitely one to think about so guys out there uh everybody thank you for joining us don't forget house of the unusual.com that is our flagship site we have a free forum site there that you could join a lot of cool stuff going on there i am giving away some comic book graphic novels on there so go on there and check them out if you want them get a hold of me they're still available also find this on youtube type in house of the unusual eddie and chuck are always putting out some great videos find them on there subscribe to the channel like the videos if you got any questions leave us a comment there or if you just want to say hey guys great job you guys are really super cool and amazing leave that <laughs> comment on there and don't forget every thursday a new episode comes out and guys thank you for joining us wherever you are all over the world a huge uh thank you and i'll see you guys yeah. next time all so right. good night take care God bless. take care bye-bye have a great week